It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't get up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's happening, my little chocolate-dipped sugar bees? Welcome to Mean Age Daydream. <laughs> I'll tell you, as always, it's like I meant to record this show uh, a couple hours earlier today to avoid the exact thing that is occurring now, which is I've got my gardener outside blowing, cutting, uh, you know, doing all the things I pay him to do. And then he's got to cut the grass after he's done blowing and, you know, snipping people's foreskins off. because He's also a rabbi. Hispanic gardener, also a rabbi. That's the upside to immigration. We're going to talk about the immigration issue a little bit today in the border crisis. So I apologize. I've got the gardener outside. Hopefully the new Shore microphone I'm using is focused on my voice and is not going to pick up that external noise. But I'd like to thank you guys. By the way, all of you that support us with Lions of Liberty, uh, all of you that support us for Patreon and through Locals, you are the reason why I have this brand new Shure microphone to be able to upgrade our audio technology here. You're the reason we get to go to the events that we attend. So thank you. If you'd like to support the show, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. You'll get all of our bonus content. My morning rants got back on board, baby. I'm not coughing. I beat this disease. Me. And the antibiotics I'm on, killing my good gut health while uh, making my lungs rich and full of life. Fresh knows better. So anyway, guys, welcome to the show. Now, I want to get to the border crisis, as I mentioned, but the first thing I want to talk about on the show today, as was titled, is tied into that, right? I saw a poll that just recently came out, and it's pretty fascinating. I'll share this poll uh, so you guys can see. And it is, I think, very telling as to where we got as a society and why the Democrats have been, without a doubt, eroding our border, trying to import uh, import voters, trying to lower the standards to get amnesty. Because, as we know, many first-generation, second-generation voters, when they come from foreign countries, are, in fact, going to vote Democrat. They're going to vote that way because of the welfare system, because of the amnesty system, the way it's set up, because they know the perks all lie with the Democrats being in control when it comes to coming in the country illegally, uh, coming into the country and getting the benefits of Free housing, free um, you know debit cards given to you, free cell phones, free education, free health care, all of these, free college if you live in California. That all lies with the Democrats. On the flip side of that, we thought that this was simply a play that was being made by the Democrats because they said, well, you know what? There's no downside for us, right? We're, we're importing all of these workers. You know, typically they're not going to take the kind of jobs that Democrat voters, maybe they used to vote for us. You know, the, the workers that would toil in the fields, the lower class whites, they used to maybe vote for Democrats, right? No longer. Now, the people that vote for Democrats are people that live in the cities that are laptop jockeys, uh, that work in high-profile industries or software or service, people that are typically in your city centers. Meanwhile, the people most impacted by these mass immigrations previously, until we had the sanctuary city issues where places like Denver are being overrun, places like New York City are being overrun because places like Texas, uh, places like Florida are shipping their immigrants to the interior cities, right? Or I should, should I say the, the northern cities. 
But we're finding that beyond the general benefit, there's been a poll that came out. It's pretty fascinating. And this is from the uh, Center on American Life. Um, this is, a, I believe, a story of 3,000 Americans. An ideological divide is emerging between young men and women in many countries around the world. And what this is showing is a political ideology of 18 to 29-year-olds, the percent that are going liberal versus conservative by sex. You'll notice men in South Korea, in the United States, in Germany, and the UK, where these these, uh, polls were taken, have gotten far more conservative. South Korea, especially, man, I mean, a, a heavy drop towards conservatism in South Korea. Now, that might be because they have more traditional male-female gender roles um, in that society. It was very male-dominated, even more than the United States should be. Um, but you're seeing it across the board. You're seeing in the United States, of course, the United States massive upswing with women going liberal. A lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with the SCOTUS decision with Roe versus Wade. Fair or not fair, I mean, look, I talked about the issue a lot of people simply don't get it, especially a lot of liberal people. Men and women alike don't understand states' rights. They don't understand Roe versus Wade. They don't understand that it was never a constitutional right for an abortion, uh, nor should there be. And that's a states' rights issue, right? Coming down to whether or not a state allows an abortion, when they allow an abortion, that's a states' rights issue. However, the way that the left-wing media, the way that Democrats portrayed it, you would have thought that this was being uh, ripped away. You would have thought that your right to uh, you know to protections against search and seizure, which we know are already eroded, had been stripped away from your right to a trial, which of course we already know Obama had removed because he had put in that uh, that little line about enemy combatants and had extrajudicially murdered Americans overseas. Well, your right to a trial by your peers, you'd think that would have been removed. Instead. You have a situation where it's it's state by state, but you can see why women, especially younger women who are now coming into this new wave feminism, this younger generation of sexually empowered, sexually, uh, financially beneficial. If you're on OnlyFans and uh, maybe you have a baby daddy, right? Those what are those honey sites called? Like Honey Baby or Take Care of Me Daddy or Buy Me Lunch Datums, you know, whatever they may be. If Buy Me Lunch Datums doesn't exist, I'm going to create it because that's a great name for a website wherein people could benefit from um, prostituting themselves for sandwiches. <laughs> I'll get Robbie the Fire to invest in that. Talk about <laughs> prostituting yourself for sandwiches. Robbie, it's like Hair Club for Men. Not only am I a client, I'm also the president prostituting myself for sandwiches. So anyway, the ideological gap, though, is is massive. The impact this is having, we saw. Now, this has been happening for a generation at least. Don't you buy it? Oh, buymelunchdatums.gov. I like it, Facebook user. I thought somebody, if, if, this, if, if one of the watchers that's watching live really wanted to screw me here, they would go buy the website right now, buy me lunch datums, and register it, and then send me this certification just to be like, eat my ass. <laughs> it's like $8 to stealing my idea. So this ideological divide, has been playing out. Now, this isn't just recent, right? It's gotten worse. It's gotten bigger, but it's been going on. We saw during COVID, actually, there was a very severe drop in birth rates. We're seeing this ideologically play out as well, because not only these women uh, more, you know, I said liberated, 
Not only are they now trying, and this is where the the, the gender gap is going to, going to disappear because women are choosing not to have children. So the Democrats, one of their main talking points, which is always bullshit because of personal choices, something that the Nords had to acknowledge when they did uh, any investigation into it, something that was hilariously, by the way, played out in the Australian parliament where they had this panel of four women that were on this committee sponsored by the, the liberal government that was looking at the gender gap. And of course- when questioned by a, a parliamentarian who was conservative about the gender gap, about how their own data showed choices that were easily uh, able to debunk the gap insofar as where people work, how long they work, uh, what careers they chose, how many hours that they're taking off for childcare, all these things, choices. And the women just sat there having to tacitly admit, yeah, we, it's all it's all bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing to watch. But you have women making those choices. So you're going to have declining birth rates because of their inflationary environment. You have people waiting longer to have children. But this is showing that liberal women especially also do not want to have as many kids. Now, this graph isn't specifically showing it, but ideologically, it's going more left. Women are getting more empowered to uh, to to take career over family. And so you have birth rates dropping, but it's exceptionally pronounced in liberal women, right? As you get this farther down the path, you're going to have the Democrats look and they go, okay, we don't have any people left to vote. Our voter base isn't having kids. Our voter base isn't propagating our, our Democrat species. They're not going to be able to brainwash our children. Probably why it's so vitally important that Democrats maintain control of the schools, right? Because that way, whoever is breeding, be it legal, be it illegal, be it uh, conservatives, you can still brainwash their children into becoming progressives. But it certainly does seem it certainly does seem that the Democrats at this point have no choice but to import votes. You've got declining birth rates in your in your population base. That means they're not going to be providing the next generation. So bring them in. And not only are you bringing in people that are likely to vote Democrat, but as you said, the next generation as well. And especially for a lot of these populations, they have very high birth rates. Now, we've also hit the point where immigration, illegal immigration to be specific, or what, what do they like to call it? Undocumented immigration? They made up some new terms. You're not supposed to say illegal. That has now surpassed our domestic birth rate as of this year. So you have illegal immigration surpassing a domestic birth rate. So it's obvious what's happening here. It's obvious the strategy is at play. Um, there, <laughs> there have to be something in play to replace the declining birth rates. And maybe this is something that the conservatives and the Democrats are agreeing on behind the scenes. Maybe this birth crisis is something that's beyond what we are even seeing. It might be something that the higher levels of government, it hasn't leaked out to the public yet, but maybe this is why we're not seeing conservatives take action. Maybe this is why when Trump was in office, they did not build a wall, even though he had uh, control of both the House and the Senate. Maybe they have a, uh, an agreement that we have a situation on our hands. We've got declining birth rates. This is going to impact us as a country. This is going to impact our ability to function. This is going to impact our military. This is going to impact our economy. This is going to impact our workforce. We have to, you know, our tax base, we have to have people here to work and to tax and that are going to continue banging each other and making little, little tax slaves. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we see things continue as they are. Maybe that's why we see even Democrats who were, um, it used to be an issue that Republicans and Democrats could agree on that the border had to be secure in some way, shape, or form. There had to be some checks. And now it certainly seems opposite. Something to think about, guys. Something to think about. So 
I want to say, oh, good point, Facebook user. I meant to go into that as well. Uh, yeah, it's not just the feminine. It's not just people on the liberal left uh, and these women are saying that it's choosing career over anything else. I've uh, said it's also economy, but to this uh, this commenter's point, and I apologize, I, don't, I can't say who you are. Um, oh, my, okay, so it, it's also the climate, right? You bring in the climate. I think it's Brian Engelman. He's talking about agree to disagree. But you bring in the climate, and now people are afraid to have children, right? They're terrified that things are going to fall apart. Or maybe it's Justin. God, sorry. Sorry, Facebook. I'm trying to remember who does agree to disagree. Well, you got to plug in the show anyway. You have, I've seen videos of these women talk about how it's unconscionable to have a child in today's environment, right? How could we put a child into this world that's going to end in 12 years? The AOCs of the world, you know, uh, idiots with six nose rings and, uh, and piercings in their eyebrows. This is what these people think. So they're choosing not to propagate. It's just incredible. All right, so that was one thing to cover, guys. I thought it was pretty fascinating, and I think it's very telling. Now, getting into the broader crisis on the border here, I mean, you're looking at what could be the beginning of the end for the United States. I mean, we're talking about not just a civil war situation. Now, I don't think that we're going to have a civil war over this. I, I just don't think it's viable. I don't think we're actually going to ever have a civil war again. I think that we're far more likely to have a breakup. And as a libertarian, as a as an anarchist libertarian, I am in full favor of that. I'm in full favor of states seceding. There's a funny meme. They talked about it. Rico and Odie talked about the border on the on the uh, meme wars, where I was too sick to do it last week. Thank you, Rico, for for filling in with your expert legal analysis, both on the border and on Vince McMahon and the WWE. But you know, I don't want to go too deep because they did a whole show on this. But it, it's interesting because. What you're seeing as far as states aligning one way or the other, what you're seeing as far as federal rights trying to supersede states' rights, what you're seeing as far as a president and, and imbeciles like Beto O'Rourke trying to tell the president to nationalize and federalize National Guard units, which, by the way, uh, you can't do. You can't do that. The governor has to. As a president, you can say, I want these troops, but it's still up to the governor of the state to say you can have these troops. So I don't see a way this is going to happen. But you have a battle now of a federal government versus states' rights. And you can see the battle lines forming. You could see allegiances forming. I think there's 24 states that have aligned now with Texas. Of course, the liberal states don't want to do that because they don't want to, number one, they don't want to make waves. Number two, they know the benefit to their their voter, you know, their voter base by having illegal immigrants come in and then uh, giving them nationalization or giving them some sort of pass, some sort of pathway to citizenship. But I think that legitimately now we're seeing how this could happen. You're seeing for the first time a real separation of, hey, we simply are not ever going to agree on this issue. If you continue to do it, then this might go down a, a dark path. Um, or as far as I'm concerned, a, a much brighter path, a far brighter path. Because when you're talking about a country that has become such a bloated monster, an aggressive, bloated, militaristic monster full of hatred, uh, intentionally pitting people against each other, which our government does, our media does. I've talked about this multiple times on different episodes. The way our government goes about its everyday business is designed to break up families, to break up communities, to pit people against each other because it only benefits the government. 
when you don't have a community, you don't have a neighborhood, you don't have a family. Well, now the government is your family. It is your neighborhood. It is your, your boss. It is your caretaker. Um, it is your truth. Like we talk about, and this is a, a speech I had given at the, um, the last uh, libertarian gathering we had here in, in California. I attended with the, uh, the national board, but I gave a speech about the government's intent to control truth, right? And I've talked about that on the show as well. Your truth is defined, your reality is defined by the people you interact with, by the world around you as you see it, by the uh, media that you imbibe. And your check on that reality is your family and your friends and your community, and maybe it's your church. When that's been eroded, when there's so many issues that have been so contentious and inflamed intentionally by mainstream media, by social media, by your government, uh, by your politicians, right? Political rhetoric has declined and become something uh, akin to professional wrestling, which has always been really, but it's become much more vitriolic to the point where at least before there was some measure, there was some decorum and that's completely fallen to the wayside. So you've got issues that are constantly dividing people. And within that, you lose trust in your fellow man and you gain trust in your government which is always a path to destruction, um, to slavery, to de-weaponization, and then, of course, into poverty, right? Because we're seeing what's happening with Venezuela. Just, I just shared on my timeline an interesting little meme. It's the timeline of Venezuela, just seeing how that country was destroyed within a generation, basically, going from one of the richest countries in the world to one of the poorest, to the point where you're jailing political opponents, you're forcing people to sell houses, to give to other people. And this is one of the things with the, with the border crisis too, we're seeing, All right? We see it with the homeless crisis where California and other states are forcing hotels to take in homeless. Of course, they're paying them. And then, and then who, who's paying them? We are, the taxpayers paying them. We're paying them for the damages they cause. We're paying them for property value loss. We're paying them for all sorts of things. The hotels are, I'm sure, giddy about it because while they may lose some business to paying customers, the government is always going to pay you and they're going to pay you more than your market rate because you're taking in undesirable people that are probably crazy, probably drug addicted and vastly more risk. I don't even know how these hotels stay insured. The government must provide some sort of um, insurance for these hotels but they're forced to take them in. And in Venezuela, they force people to sell their houses or sell their, uh, their empty ADUs back to the government. Essentially, actually, I shouldn't say sell. They simply took their houses. I'm misrepresenting what happened. They took their houses. Yeah, there we go. Brian Engelman, I was right. And they forced them to, to give those houses to people that were less wealthy. Now, people coming in here that are illegal immigrants are being forced into schools. This is something that caused an uproar in very liberal New York City uh, because they were putting immigrants in the gyms of elementary schools, middle schools. You're seeing them forced again into hotels, forcing people to take hotels to, to take illegal rooms. You're seeing you know illegal immigrants being housed in uh, camps that they're setting up near people's houses, near people's homes. And look, while... A lot of times people criticize Donald Trump for saying, these aren't the best people coming in. I can't do a Donald Trump impression. He's not wrong in that among the people coming in, and I see this especially in California, you do have mass amounts of gang members, of people that are predators, that are sexual predators, that are um, financial predators, that are criminals. 
for the amount of people that come in here to work and live happily that are going to follow the follow the laws and become good neighbors, there's probably one out of four that's coming in for the exact opposite purpose. And in California, we've got the uh, well, there's the MS-13 gangs, which originated in El Salvador. It's just everywhere. You know, the crime, most of the crime committed in L.A., violent crime is from these MS-13 gangs. And they've got regional representatives everywhere. They are coming in through the border. The fentanyl issue, of course, is also a border issue. And a lot of that's coming from China as well. But you have a situation wherein you talk about how this is going to be solved. You've got Joe Biden saying he's done everything to solve it. And look, I agree with Odie, I had with Rico and Odie from Meme Wars. I, I don't see as a libertarian how you're not witnessing the consequences of an open immigration policy under an, a welfare state as we have, which is exactly what I had warned about. Mark Claire and I did a debate several years ago, and I made the point that, look, I don't care about the benefits you're trying to tell me immigrants will bring in this situation. I'm telling you that when you have a welfare state like this, when you have a situation that's not set up to absorb this amount of people coming in, you are going to have a collapse. You're seeing it. It wasn't obvious or it wasn't easy uh, to, to argue against what so many people think is a libertarian right, right? Your right of movement, your right of passage, but private property rights do supersede your right to, to movement. You know, I mean, you can't walk through my house to get somewhere. Yeah, you should have a way to pass through, but that doesn't mean you get to stay on the path, does it? And you see the consequences of that action. It was easy to predict. And we're seeing it play out in real time right now. And it's it's got to be solved one way or the other. You either have to remove all the benefits so that the people coming in aren't living off taxpayer dimes, aren't uh, eroding what people have already paid for with their tax dollars, be they stolen or not. Of course, they're always stolen. You have to remove all the benefits or you have to enforce the laws on the table, which Biden, of course, is not doing. He's refusing to enforce basic law when it comes to border and immigration. You can't have it both ways, which is what they're trying to do right now. And uh, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse. I saw that, you know, this is this is an issue that it's also goes beyond simple uh, economics. It goes beyond that into an issue with the erosion of a common culture as well. And I'd seen this. This is more pronounced in Europe. But I talked about how that's a problem to me because when you talk about the same thing, you know, the battle of government versus you versus your community versus individualism versus uh, trust and understanding of reality, when you have an assault on a common culture, a shared culture that people want to be a part of and buy into, and you simply have mass immigration on all scales of all these people all coming in at once, you're going to have an erosion of that culture, which bonds people together. What bonds people together uh, in their private communities, right, where they can converse to each other, where they can have their standards, where they can have their morals, where they can have their vision, and they can have their protection, right, their dependency on each other. The more you can erode that kind of a culture, the more that you can disperse that, dissect it, throw it to the wind with massive amounts of immigration that are going to completely dilute that, the more powerful the government is. You understand what I'm saying? I hope, guys, that's coming through clearly. 
I don't have anything against the cultures that these people are bringing in. The problem is, though, when you have these massive immigration waves, not all these people want to become acculturated, nor will they become acculturated. And in the meantime, you have an erosion of a shared vision, a shared sense of community, a shared sense of values that have existed in the country that have enabled freedom, right? We talk about culture is very important when it comes to freedom, when it comes to private property rights, when it comes to individual, individual rights and outcomes. Your government wants the erosion of our culture of our communities more than anything. And this is what the globalists are interested in. This is why mass immigration is a priority to these globalist organizations like the WEF. It's not only the reallocation of finance. It's not only the reallocation of money. It's the reallocation of what culture is and the erosion of the culture to the, to the detriment of all of us and to the betterment of the global cabal, right? If you can, essentially dilute anything and everything to the point where nobody has any real allegiance to a community or a culture that the government benefits. Okay, so enough of the border. Um, let's get into some other topics. My phone keeps going off. I'm like, oh God, who's who's texting me? I've dealt with it. It's been a, an interesting day of, uh, of various dramas and dealing with uh, a lot of different issues on top of my, my work stuff. But let's get into another issue here which is um, a lot of Biden stuff, guys. I mean, obviously, Iran, what's happening there. We've got several U.S. soldiers killed, right, in various countries, Jordan. I can't remember. There's a couple other ones. Of course, the first people that are always blamed is Iran, whether or not they had anything to do with it. And once more, I don't think there's any evidence linking Iran to any of these attacks whatsoever. They always allege that Iran is paying for these monies, that they're directly buying weapons or providing the money. I've still never seen a single shred of evidence to back any of this up. But the neocons and the neo-libs want to bang the drum for war. And Joe Biden had, had made some very fiery rhetoric. Of course, the irony of this was that he was saying that he was going to respond, right? We have to go and respond. We have to go and attack. And meanwhile, he had criticized Trump for the very same thing, saying that you cannot do that. You have to go through the traditional processes. A president doesn't have the authority. And meanwhile, he's trying to threaten to do the exact same thing. Now, he walked that back a bit today in a very creepy video, which I think Clinton shared. Um but it was funny, Joe Biden's walking towards, he, you know, he sees a camera, you know, the reporter to ask him a question and he walks towards the camera with his arms out, like he's going to give the guy a, like a hugger on the stomach or grab his, his fat and shake it around like he's truffle from the truffle shuffle in the goodies. And then he just stands there, slowly raises both arms up and grabs his sunglasses down and then gives some, some answer on Iran how, well, of course we don't want war in the Middle East, man, but you know whatever wishy-washy uh, horseshit he wants to deliver now to wash, to walk it back. I mean, regardless, why are our troops there in the first place? Why are the troops there to be, uh, to be assaulted? Why are the troops there to be killed? I, I hate the fact that we have so many bases throughout the Middle East. It drives me absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. There's no reason for the soldiers to be there to be killed in the first place. But the more we have soldiers over there, the more we've got our bases, the more we've got activity there, the more support troops we have there providing aid to you know X, Y, and Z, whoever it might be, the more at risk those soldiers are going to be. And of course, the more at risk we all are going to be because now when soldiers might get bumped off, oh, guess what? Now we're once again on the brink of war. We're once again on the brink now of not just five soldiers dying, but 20,000 soldiers dying if they get shipped off to the Middle East to take part in whatever God knows 
allied array of forces now we're going to face because the time when we could invade in Iraq is over. The time to invade in Iran is over. You're not going to fight one country anymore. You're going to fight a various array of forces, guerrilla warfare style. I mean, if I were Iran, I wouldn't even take you on in a, in a, a legitimate battle. That's when you say, okay, well, if you're going to invade us, we're going to go ahead and send all our arms to our various allies and we're going to just peck at you, you know, from here and there and everywhere. Decentralized, right? Decentralization. But it's just amazing to see the hypocrisy in action when it comes to the deep state, the war state. I'm Mr. Burns. You're Mr. Burns, Dick. Suck my ass. Um, all right, guys. So let's move on to another topic here and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I do, <laughs> I want to end on this. Uh, actually, no, I don't want to end on this. I got to talk about E. Jean Carroll real quick. I've never been, I, I've talked before about civil cases, how the civil courts is pretty much everything wrong with what's happening in our justice system. You've got a situation wherein, and I talked this last show, I think on, uh, I was talking about a, a guy I was talking to within the civil case, E. Jean Carroll, who is a fucking nut bar. She's a fucking nut bar. She has no credibility whatsoever. Zero credibility. She was a nothing, a nobody confined to the dustbin of history. It has been that nobody gives a shit about until she made allegations against Donald Trump. Of course, these allegations have no proof, zero proof. She can't remember exactly when they happened. Had no idea even the year. A vague recollection. I don't know, somewhere in this 1985 to 1988. Ooh. She's got one piece of evidence that's her taking a, a smiling picture with Donald Trump. And yet we're supposed to believe her allegations, and maybe they happened. I tend to believe they didn't, but maybe they happened. Her allegations that Trump had, you know, attempted to rape her, which even, you know, was dismissed. No evidence of this. But now, of course, a jury, civil jury, has ruled that Trump is liable for sexual assault and defamation. Defamation to the tune of $83 million. Now, this is an absolute assault on the First Amendment. Uh, In what world can somebody accuse you of sexual assault when you're a prominent public figure and you're not allowed to say, no, you're crazy? You're just supposed to be like, sure, yeah, yep, you could say whatever you want about me. And then when you defend yourself against this, again, irrelevant nut bar, a jury that is clearly out to make a statement against you, this clearly out to get you, which is what any ultra leftist jury in New York City is going to be, hands out an $83 million decision. Why? Oh, because of punitive damages, because this old irrelevant Batty bitch. Apparently, it was going to make $83 million over the course of her life. And Trump hadn't defended himself against allegations that she made against him. There's no world in which that makes sense. There's no world in which it's right. There's no world in which that's a credible justice system. That is simply you find a jury in a jurisdiction, right? And you're just fucked. They can make up whatever number they want. It's not experts making this up. That's what really drives me insane about this crap. This isn't experts in HR, in payroll, in career management. It's just a bunch of assholes who want to make Trump pay because they don't like him. And they'll believe whatever she says 
because it's convenient to do so. And you don't even have to have a jury, you know, it doesn't have to be a unanimous verdict. It, it could be, you know, one person, one more person thinks that he should get fucked than didn't on that panel. $83 million for someone who was completely irrelevant, completely irrelevant. I mean, it's disgusting. It's, it's fucking sickening. And the fact that something probably like half the country and all of our media <laughs> are celebrating this fact, he finally got his showcases just how stupid they are. It's similar to where, you know, when, when people will celebrate, be they conservative or liberal, when they'll celebrate some stupid ass lowering of the standard because they want to get Obamacare pushed through, right? Or they want to get a new AUMF pushed through. And so they lower the standard it takes to pass a bill or pass a vote. That fucks all of us. That's to the detriment of every single citizen of this country. But stupid people don't understand that because there's no critical thinking. There's no understanding of long-term impact uh, for anything that happens now. Again, I think this is by intent. I think that the 24-hour news cycle and social media have a lot to do with that. And I think our education system. I've talked about the attack on critical thinking. I've talked about how the mainstream media does not want you to critically think. They they actually go out of their way. I talked about how little piggy Brian Stetler had gone, did a whole story about, you know, NewsGuard and these agencies, these, these big corporate media agencies that go to schools and teach kids how to spot misinformation and to not trust social media and to only trust real news sources, aka them, aka the mainstream media, the corporate media, I should say. That, of course, is in bed with government. Only trust them. Don't think, guys. Just eat what we're feeding you. Mary Poppins style, a little spoonful of sugar. Take your medicine, then get heart failure from it. <laughs> um, all right. One more thing to, to wrap it up. One more funny little thing. I got to share my screen here. Um, this cracked me up so hard, man. Uh, Joe Biden, obviously, uh, is just... He's lost it. He has no beer brewed here. Can't speak. (laughs) Man can't coherently hold a thought together. I'm excited to see a debate that happens. Every time he speaks now, he ends up looking like he is legitimately mentally handicapped. This was the latest one. But what's my favorite thing here isn't just how absolutely um, obvious and on display his mental decline is, but what's hilarious is these fucking morons that are out there to support Joe Biden. God, I've got to vote blue. They're out there to support Joe Biden. And he says something completely incoherent. And their response is to go, (laughs) yay, as if it's a child. It's like your kid tried to tell you a joke. Right. And you could tell they don't really know how to speak yet. You know, but they're like, daddy, why did the aunt put on pants and you're like why and they're like zip up goobs and you're like oh <laughs> that's exactly what happens here listen to this beer brewed here it is used to make the brew beer in this defined oh earth rider thanks for the great lakes i wonder why that's done beer brewed here it is used to make the brew beer in this defined Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's there. What the fuck was that? What was that? 
Ooh, Gadooba Gooba, the Great Lakes, Bear Brood, Great Lakes, and that's Gerba Gluba. <laughs> Good job, honey. Pat on the head, give him a candy cane, give him a vanilla ice cream cone. We know that's his favorite. How? How do you vote for this person? How are you? How are you that delusional to go out? And this is a problem with comedy. Joe Biden is what comedy is on the left now. This is progressive comedy you're watching as well. Let's clap. Let's laugh because we agree because that's our God, right? I mean, holy fuck. I, 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 do, I watched it seven times because I wasn't sure if they were laughing at him, but they were definitely, you know, let's make sure the special kid feels okay laughing. Let's make sure that we know that we're with our boy. We're with our mentally incoherent brain worms, as well as butt worms, Joe Biden, our corrupt, insane, dementia riddled little boy. Let's make sure that he knows that we love him. And I love you, all my little butt worm infested monkeys. Thank you for joining me on Mean Age Daydream. Thank you to those of you who have been watching along and, uh, and complimenting along and taking part in the show. Really appreciate it. Again, if you guys want to support us, what we do here, if you want to make sure that we are uh, dick deep in new microphones, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Uh, you get bonus materials there. You get our Secrets, Lies, and Cover-Up show. We're working on another one uh, coming up very soon on that. And we will also be doing, uh, I think, some, some maybe we'll do a Super Bowl poll. You know, I do my Good Morning Fuckhead rants. And we're going to do some, some new shows as well. Degenerate Gamblers takes a hiatus when the NFL season ends. But we like to plug some other stuff in there for a good time. So for a good time, call us at our Patreon. Otherwise, guys, please subscribe. If you have time, I'd love it if you could write a review for the show. Uh, also, of course, if you wouldn't mind, please go subscribe to the new first episode podcast where I review a classic show and a brand new show. We just did Star Trek and uh, the you know, Star Trek and the new Ted. I hated Ted so much. Fuck, it was terrible. Woke bullshit check marking to excuse every joke they made. And next Tuesday, or sorry, next Thursday, we're going to be doing the very first episode of the beloved Alien Muppet Show, the only legal alien I support now. <laughs> Alf. We're going to be doing Alf and the first episode of the new season of The Bachelor, a show which I don't watch, but I love to hate. So tell your wives to sit down and enjoy watching a libertarian and uh, his friends, Rico and Don, make fun of that show. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for visiting, for watching, for listening. From me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty. Yes, we do have a Lions of Liberty Discord, by the way, to the person just asked, but I'm too lazy to post a link to it right now. Thank you for listening to the Lions of Liberty. From me, Brian McWilliams, and from me and Age Daydream. Keep that electric, keep those electric eyes on me, babe. You gotta stop reading comments and know my sign-off. Keep that ray gun to my head. Later.